0: Welcome to Women on the Verge of a Financial Breakthrough, a podcast where we're figuring out finance one dumb question at a time. I'm the dummy, Caitlin Meredith, a coach and mediator based in the Bay Area. And
1: I'm Sarah Glacus. I'm an investor, advisor, and founder of Black Barn Financial and the Austin Women's Investing Group, which can be found on Meetup and Facebook.
0: Hey, before we start... Just wanted to remind everyone that you can connect with us on Instagram at Women on the Verge podcast or Facebook and LinkedIn. We would love to hear from you and please share with your friends. Thanks. Sarah, something happened this morning that doesn't happen every morning. It was that I read a financial news article that I understood
1: what was it
0: applause applause Woo! but i understood the gist of it but it it opened up an area where i realized i have questions so i'm going to send you the article right now by jeff summer who does a weekly column on markets and finance and the economy and the article that i saw in the new york times today was with the odds on their side they still couldn't beat the market and then the subhead. In 2022, conditions were heavily in stock pickers' favor, but most trailed the market. This year looks worse, our columnist said. So it introduced this idea that I think we've glossed over before, but the difference between what are index funds and what they're saying as stock picker funds. Hmm. And I wanted you, to, I want to go into what the article explained about it, but first, can you just define like what's the difference? what is a stock picker fund? And I think we have really explained a lot about what an index fund is, but let's just do it again.
1: Yeah. Okay, so an index fund is a mutual fund or exchange traded fund that tracks an index. So an index is a list of stocks in this case, a list of stocks that someone has put together. So the most famous index is the S&P 500. So Standard & Poor's puts together a list of 500 very large US companies, and they go on the list of the S&P 500. Um, There's the Russell 2000 and the Wilshire 5000. Um, There's also some smaller, less well-known indexes that track a subset of the stock market. So an index fund tracks the index. Okay. Someone puts together a list of stocks in whatever percentage the index tracks, the stocks. Okay. And then an index fund just copies that.
0: So, OK. And so if you have an index fund in the S&P 500, there's a list of 500 companies. And it takes a percent, you know, stock shares, from each of those companies, and it's all together in this thing we call a basket. That's the index fund. It's set it, forget it. The list is generated, and then the index fund just tracks it. Yes. Nobody's manipulating that. It's just like an algorithm follows through, and right. we can invest and buy, buy shares of the index fund.
1: Correct. Nice one. Oh, yes. And so they tend to be very cheap because you're just copying someone's list, and there's not there, there's no other strategy other than we're going to own this basket of stocks. OK, So and there's, there's no, no labor,
0: human labor that goes into that, like initially to set up the algorithm. But after that, it just goes. Yeah.
1: There's, okay. yeah, there's no labor. Exactly. So that's what an index fund is. And sometimes we refer to that as a passively managed fund or a passive index fund, right, because you're not putting any extra effort into it. You're just copying a list that someone else already put together. Okay. So on the other side of the spectrum are actively managed funds. So this is where there is a person or a team or some sort of black box strategy or algorithm. So with actively managed funds, we have someone who's looking at the universe of stocks and trying to pick the best ones. Okay.
0: And there could be a specialty that they're like, we're AI focused. And so they have a team of analysts that are looking at all the available stocks in the world of AI, curating that list and creating their own fund with just the ones they've chosen. Correct. Correct. Okay. Human labor went into it. Human MBAs, all sorts. The minds got together, did their analysis and put it together in a fund. Usually we pay extra for those, like the index fund, what's the nice is they're like low or no fee, because just set it, forget it. But these, you have to pay for that expertise to get in a niche fund.
1: Exactly, exactly. So they tend to be more expensive on an annual basis, like maybe instead of 0.05% expense ratio, maybe the expense ratio on an actively managed fund is 1% or 1.5%.
0: And the reason you would pay more is the idea is that you'll make more money off of it because there's human beings with MBAs or whatever fancy degree they have that are analyzing the market, analyzing these companies and being like, I think we should bet on these companies and we'll make more money because of it. Exactly. Is that what a stock picker fund is?
1: Yes. I think with this, I'd actually never heard of like that term. It's a pretty oh, really? good term, but it's, but I knew right off the bat that's what they were talking about. So, funds that are put together, though I haven't read the whole article. I don't know if it's mutual funds or hedge funds or like who the stock pickers are working for. But the idea is that, okay, if you're a stock picker, The whole point of picking stocks is that you're trying to pick the best ones, right? The ones that go up.
0: And you get rid of all the turkeys. Right,
1: right. I mean, because people do ask me that. They're like, well, why don't we just pick the stocks that are going to go up? I'm like, (laughs) that's an awesome strategy. You should patent that. (laughs) Right? So it's this idea that someone has the knowledge and the expertise to pick the good ones and avoid the bad ones.
0: Okay, That emperor does not have any clothes, I think, is what we have often discovered. And you have said it again and again, when you show in your class these charts that show like if you just got an index fund versus really went in these other like subspecialties that it's really hard to beat the average overall returns from an index fund over a long period of time.
1: It's really by that. I'm sticking by that. It is incredibly difficult.
0: And so this article is telling us what you already knew. I'm going to repeat the headline. With the odds on their side, they still couldn't beat the market. Now, I don't know why they said the odds are on their side, but I want to read this quote from it. Recall that the S&P 500 declined 19.4% last year. It was a miserable time for just about anyone who held stocks. Think we can all agree to that, including <laughs> those who merely tried to match the overall market as I do using broadly diversified low-cost index funds. So even those of us that like weren't doing huge, crazy, risky bets just in the very boring vanilla index funds, like it went down for everybody. Yeah. But beneath the market surface last year, there was plenty of opportunities that should have given active stock pickers a competitive advantage over index funds. That's because the average stock did better than the overall market, which was heavily influenced by a relative handful of mega-cap tech stocks like Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Meta. These giants declined sharply, but the rest of the market did markedly better. So what I'm getting from that is that people that were like, oh, shit, Amazon's in trouble. Abort. Like, get out of Amazon. Get out of Apple. Get out of Microsoft should have been able to then ride high with the rest of the market because they weren't being dragged down by those other stocks and instead they didn't do any better
1: yes it seems like this article is pointing out that some of the worst performance last year was in you know 10 or 15 stocks that everyone should have known or should have or could have suspected had gone up too far after the pandemic and were set to come down. And so if you had just left those mega cap stocks out of your portfolio, you would have done just fine. So that seems to be what this this article is
0: saying. So it goes on to say, in some respects, the failure of actively managed mutual funds to beat the broad market indexes last year is unsurprising unsurprising to women on the verge of a financial breakthrough (laughs) listeners, because Sarah (laughs) has been saying it from day one, S&P Dow Jones Indices has been running systematic comparisons of actively managed funds and passively managed funds. So the difference between the passive index fund that you were just referring to, and then the ones that are actively managed by these MBAs or whoever that you pay higher price for. This has been true since 2001. These studies have consistently found that the vast majority of active fund managers just can't beat the indexes over 10 or 20-year periods or in most individual years either. Why do they still exist? I don't (laughs) understand. That's my question for you. Is this just like the greed of people in financial services that are like, we can still trick them into thinking we're specialists that can do better? Like, is that all this is? The story is human greed exploits other humans' hopes to make more money than is possible.
1: Oh, that sure is a cynical way of looking at it um, and is probably is probably part of it, right? Like in financial services, We've talked about, like, the fear and greed cycle, right? Like, um, or the fear and, like, fear and greed are the two emotions that every person in financial services knows that they, you can hit that button on someone pretty easily, right? Like, you can come up with any number of stories to scare the shit out of someone, and you can come up with any number of stories to convince people that you are smarter than everyone else or smarter
0: than the average which is why Kelly, our podcast uh, co-producer and editor, wants a T-shirt that says "I'm the risk," <laughs> right? <laughs> I love because that. Because we're the risk. Our fear and yeah. our greed is yeah. the risk for our building our financial futures. Okay, right. Got right. it.
1: So there's always fear of missing out, which makes people right. want to believe whatever's happening at that moment in time. People tend to pile in to trends and themes. That kind of build their own momentum with their storytelling and the narrative, um, and over the short term, we tend to kind of whipsaw ourselves, right, by getting very scared and then getting very excited, just kind of back and forth. That again is like the behavioral part that we've talked about, right? Right. Where the passively managed funds are just like we don't we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen. We're just going to own this basket. Some of these stocks are going to do well. Some of them are going to poop out. Some of them will fail. Some of them will become the next big thing. And we're not trying to make any sort of call as to who that is. Right. So it is pretty remarkable that time after time after time, that way, you know, the cheap way, the Vanguard way, like that just keeps coming back as the most straightforward because
0: humans are really way. bad at predict it's Im- or maybe it's just impossible to predict so why do people keep because in the short term they make a lot of money and then that's like a big celebration in some cases right it's like gambling it is gambling yeah God, i mean how many times can i have this epiphany
1: okay yeah yeah i don't think we'll ever be in a case where everybody just owns the index and we all decide we're just going to track the index, right? There's always going to be people or companies trying to develop strategies to beat the index because that's how you would make money, right? Is by doing better than someone else. Right. Um, but in doing that, you know, as soon as you try to beat the index, you increase the risk that you trail the index. I mean, the active, with active management, the fee in and of itself, you're starting from behind. Right? Right. If you're, if your fund charges 1.5%, now you have to beat the index by 1.5% just to get back to even. So you actually have to outperform by a lot more, which is really, really difficult. A lot of funds can do it over short periods of time and then they get written up in the financial publications, they get on all the shows, they get to talk about how smart their strategy is. But yeah. through market cycles, I mean and like the pandemic has just showed like with the you know with the pandemic, we went through all of the market cycles really fast right like recession to recovery to inflation to deflation disinflation right like we're going through everything so quickly that it's it's almost like highlighting that just really really quickly that through market cycles when all sorts of different things change interest rate changes geopolitical stuff changes um you know, laws change, all sorts of stuff changes. It's really hard to outperform over multiple market cycles. You now, every year there will be some funds that, like, the best funds of 2022 would have been the ones that avoided tech and were invested in oil stocks, right? Like, those, that niche strategy would have blasted everyone else out of the water last year. And that captures everyone's attention. And they're like, oh, those guys must know what they're doing. Let's jump in there, right? right? This year, so far this year, it's been the complete opposite. Right? Like so tech if has come you back, had
0: tra- changed all of your assets to go on that winning streak you would now be losing. Yeah, you're I mean, if you're if
1: you are chasing and chasing and chasing, it's hard to see how you would ever Really make money there because you're always behind the times by chasing performance.
0: You know why this is pati- like this is personally threatening to me. I'm realizing because I think, well, we all, have, if you've listened to this at all, you know, I have all this, you know, baggage of like my financial, <laughs> the arguments I've been having in my head with all these people about why I should be doing this or that. But I think, like, okay. I'm new to this. Like I started late in life or, you know, in my professional, late in my professional life after I became a parent to like really focus on what investing is and what I should be doing and what that looks like. And I think of my vanilla index funds as sort of like my training wheels for before I really start investing. Like it feels like you've helped me like enter on the ramp into the market and I'm doing this like small potatoes thing. But when I'm really serious, like I'll pay really smart people and they will actively manage all this stuff and I'll be like a big dog with the rest of them. And I can't believe I still have that fantasy that there's some, and I, you know, of course it's, I have greed like everyone else. So perhaps it's that, but I think I equate it with the insider's club that I felt outside of for so long and that that threshold into the club. And so to continually realize that that club is full of shit is is gonna take a, years for me to undo that story that I had in my head. Yeah, and so I'm continually shocked that even I'm like, oh, they must be doing better than me. I'm like, what the fuck? They're not.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the level at which you have to get to to really get access to people who are really making extra money is so much higher than what you think. You're like, oh, like when I'm a millionaire, it's like pro- criminal. Yeah. There is a certain level of expertise that billionaires can buy.
0: Okay, but right. if you're starting with a billion, uh, like, like you know. I mean, but, like, I think
1: for everyone listening to this podcast, like, yeah.
0: with less Except than Except a... for you, Warren Buffett. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> if you're under a billion, right, like, you're probably going to get most of the way through the returns that the market give you, right? Like the market is that 10% annualized rate of return. That's just the generic market. There are, I don't know, sometimes there are people that come into you know owning stock in the next big thing. Or you work for a company that becomes the next big thing. But as many of those stories as I hear and maybe you hear, there are an equal, if not more, stories of people who ended up investing in the wrong thing, losing everything, chasing the right. next big thing, and getting that, burned.
0: Like all of their stock options were zero. So like right. that we can't even pay attention to all that shit. Like people win the lottery too. Some A great aunt dies they didn't even know about. Like right. all that shit can happen, but that's not Information for us to make decisions about. Yeah. But th- the idea that it's still legal for this industry, th- I, there's something I'm still grappling with here. I read on, Sarah. I read yeah. on. Active managers couldn't quite achieve what random chance would predict that 50% of actively managed funds would beat the index. In other words, their performance for 2022 looks slightly worse than the results of a random coin flip. I mean, that's. That's, like, criminal. Oh, dang. That's harsh.
1: People are trying their best.
0: They're They're just not good at it. They're trying their best, but that's like me saying, like, I'm going to win the New York City Marathon. I'm trying my best. Like, (laughs) it is physically impossible for me to do that. But but it's not criminal for you to try. (laughs) If I'm charging people for it, selling them the dream that, like, and with the confidence and with like the legitimacy of my titles and where I work, and coming from like a storied Wall Street firm, that's undue influence on people's like a- ability to trust you or think that you know what you're talking about. I mean, certainly, like a
1: financial institution's reputation is important, Caitlin. It's crazy to say it's criminal. I don't know if like like d- all right. it's, you're it's make me walk um, that back. I think the part you said about training wheels is really important. Like feeling like this is the first step yeah. on this journey where it's just going to get more sophisticated and like more uh, more alpha. Alpha is the yeah. word for higher risk adjusted atur- returns, which is what all of these funds are going for. Like okay. can you get a higher return based on the amount of risk that you're taking? But I don't I don't think that's the case. I mean, it's not really the case for me. Like I do things to make my portfolio probably riskier. Well, definitely riskier than the average person's. But it's based on index investing, right? OK. So I think that most people, I mean, most people who are investing can get there with index funds and probably should get there with index funds Yeah. without ever taking those training wheels off and moving to the next level that that part i 100 percent agree with you with because i hadn't really thought of it until you just said that like oh like this is entry level stuff it's like it's entry level because it's easy and it's it's well it's relatively easy for people to understand so they can feel comfortable making the leap right but what is so interesting about it is that you don't have to go any further it's like it's like the perfect little black dress right it's like you can you can just have that one thing that that works and that you understand and just go to that for the rest of your life
0: really and also you're not compromising or accepting that you're dumb in this area you're actually fucking outperforming the fancy pants listen this. over three years 74.3 percent of actively managed funds trailed the index over five years 86.5 percent underperformed Over 20 years, 94.8% underperformed. As the numbers show, the longer you ran the horse race, the more actively managed funds fell behind.
1: That is incredible. That's incredible, like incredible statistics.
0: Yes. And so I like this is my like manifesto to other women on the verge of a financial breakthrough like me that I always will feel like I'm on the verge of understanding this on the verge of just having my hands around some of the vocabulary words, just on the verge of feeling like I could even enter in a financial discussion with a a professional in the field. I'm doing better (laughs) just by being in those index funds than people that are the fancy pants intimidators that I worry about like even opening my mouth in front of yeah that's crazy to me isn't
1: that incredible yes I mean it's so awesome like that's why like you starting this podcast is so awesome right because that is somehow I don't know it's like those simple truths that we're all searching for like yeah in our lives or whatever yeah it's like it's not wanting wanting what you It's not getting what you want it's wanting what you've got
0: yeah yeah, sure crow
1: said right Uh this is one of those where you're like oh fine like it's index funds like it's it's the true way
0: yes and that you can even be like superior act superior about it and like feel sorry for the people that are spending money or selling actively managed funds, because they're not going to do as well as you are. Yeah. either they're motivated by greed or fear which are human universally human they're in all of us i don't blame anybody for either of those or someone hoping that because they did well on robin hood and had a few big wins that like that feels good that Mm -hmm. boosts their confidence their endorphins they hope they can make money for other people so i agree with you in my assessment of criminal it's just that like We can't trust other people to be honest about their own results because their own identity is built on the confidence and self-esteem about being good at something, despite all results indicating otherwise. Yes. (laughs) And when their entire career is built on it, they can't really afford to look at the realistic picture that they have trailed index funds for 20 years in a row. Yeah. like why would anybody new try to do it except if they have like a specific kind of alpha and the other way personality where they're like i can i i can beat the market odds are they won't right
1: i mean and so this is like if we're talking about the stock market i think this is absolutely true because the stock market is so large and it's so liquid and it's so transparent it probably falls apart a little bit if you're talking about, like, the bond market. Remember how – did we talk about how the bond market is so big and it's kind of, uh, like, idiosyncratic? Like, there's all of, like, these different types of bonds that, like, a true, like, bond expert can probably do better than an okay. index. Um, maybe, like, some types of international stocks or international companies might be able – or, sorry, international funds might be able to do better than the index. Like, if it's – like if someone was like with like specialized knowledge of China, which is like not a transparent type of uh, economy, like maybe someone can do a little bit better there. Right. So it's like it's it's like if there's a market where you don't have the same amount of transparency that you do in the U.S. stock market, where these companies are reporting their results every quarter for everybody to see, that is probably a place where experts can really earn their keep, but okay. I mean, from this article, this article is talking about publicly traded US stocks, which is what the bulk of our portfolio is going to be, whether it's in our retirement accounts or or something else. So just picking the cheapest index fund in your 401k plan or opening your IRAs at Vanguard and picking the total stock market index fund, you can go your entire investing career relying on those funds.
0: And if you're investing for twenty years or more, you're have a ninety-five percent chance of doing better than an actively managed fund.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that drives people nuts in the financial services yeah. industry. It drives people crazy because you're always trying to get the edge, trying to get something that will do better, that you can market to people, that you can, right. you know, you can gather their their assets. I mean, but that that statistic is incredible.
0: I think we should do a job training program for them so they can just venture into other areas and just <laughs> let it be, let it go. Okay.
1: Yeah. But I don't know. I hope they never do, right? Because it does seem kind of weird. Like if you take it to its like logical extreme, like what would it mean if we all only invested in the index? Right. Okay.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because as you were just talking. I was thinking like, wow, what about all the companies that are on in the stock market but aren't on that list? What happens to them? We need dreamers.
1: Yeah, it would be there would be something weird if you didn't have people coming in to try to pick this company over that company because if we all just agreed that Apple yeah. was the, lar- the largest biggest best company, We'd and have we're huge just
0: huge monopolies
1: right it, it okay. would just kind of reinforce itself and um companies wouldn't have to I, I don't know it would do something to competition or the way the market works and i don't think i think the way things are set up for all the reasons we talked about like there is an incentive for people to try to beat the market because if they can i mean you can create like, really well known, like big funds and make a lot of money and have like this awesome reputation and all of those things. So, there's still incentive for people to do that. And I think that's always going to be the case in the US. And I think the markets need that. But that doesn't mean we need it. Like Sarah and Caitlin don't need it.
0: Right. And also I was just thinking about the episode we did with Casey Schwartz before about sustainable investing. It also means we can pick and choose within that 500, what are the companies we want to support because of the policies that are more sustainable, equitable. So we can still do some work within that list of those index funds. But I think of like... The other ones, the risks that actively manage, that can be for people's excess income, mm-hmm. that they treat it a little bit like gambling. Like people yeah. go to Vegas, not with their life savings. They're just like, I have fun doing this, so it's worth it to me. Awesome. Yeah. I'm not going to take that away or, or tell people the government should arrest you. I will <laughs> let you. <laughs> Hey, Continue as you, you got
1: will. To, you got to invest in your Airbnb, right? Like I bust, know. Look at me. I flyer.
0: I have like a three-figure return on that. <laughs> so watch <laughs> out. <laughs> so, okay, and probably a diverse that helps smaller companies. It helps companies that are run by women and people of color. Like, okay, I'm gonna take it. I just want to get. Rid of the piece that makes it look like there's a sophistication to people that are doing something super complicated in the market when the opposite is often true that that sophistication can really mask out and out gambling. And of course, as you will repeat and your compliance officer makes us repeat any, you know, just because it happened in the past, doesn't mean it'll happen in the future. But here we are on planet Earth. And our biggest bet is that the stock market will continue growing. And whatever we invest in it now will increase an average of like, let's say, hope 9% to 10% each year over a long span of time. And it should, should be accurately labeled. That is the point. And the other is peripheral gambling.
1: If you read the whole prospectus, there would probably be something in those actively managed funds prospectuses laying out all all of
0: those risks. So they do disclose it. Just FYI, we have lost. (laughs) (laughs) We don't do as well as an index fund where you don't pay this much, but you know. Okay, Sarah, I needed to alert you to this and just say that they say their chances are even worse this year because the market has been so different. His last sentence, make your own, and I'll say who, I'll start again and I'll say who wrote it, but make your own choice. Some active stock pickers will beat the market averages this year, but based on history, I think it's virtually certain that the vast majority won't manage to do it over the next 20 years. Because I'm trying to improve my odds while investing for the long haul, I'm aiming for an absolutely average performance. And in this crazy case, average is Above the fancier boutique ones. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Love it. I would just say one thing a woman on the verge of a financial breakthrough could do today is feel really fucking proud that she has index funds and super smart and financially savvy because she's beating all those motherfuckers who think they're so (laughs) fancy and greedy that they're going to make more money than all of us. And they won't. Oh, I love it. Okay. Okay. So this is our last episode of season two. Oh, my gosh. I can't
1: believe we made it to the end of season two. That's amazing. We did
0: it. We did it. And we're really hoping that we can come back for season three. So please, we have a new Instagram. So follow us there. And there's a Facebook page. And Sarah started a LinkedIn. (laughs) Oh, I better get on that. LinkedIn with our page. You can always check on our website for when we'll be coming back. And yeah, watch this space. Bye, Sarah. Have a good summer. (laughs) See you later. Bye. Bye.
1: Do you have any dumb questions about investing or finance? Ask us on our website, womenontheverge.com. If your partner is making you ask for money, giving you an allowance or not letting you know about family income, this could be financial abuse. Learn more at thehotline.org or call
0: 1-800-799-SAFE. This episode was edited by our co-producer, Kelly West, and our music is by Bad Bad Hats and Devmo. I know the first thing you notice is the turn get what you want in life girl you gotta be bold no, a die rich, die, really? and
1: I know. this podcast contains general information that is not suitable for everyone the information contained here should not be construed as personalized investment advice past performance is no guarantee of future results there is no guarantee that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast will come to pass investing in the stock market involves gains and and losses and may not be suitable for all investors. Information presented herein is subject to change without notice and should not be considered as a solicitation to buy or sell any security.